Michael Patrick Shields with you. While we're talking about Halloween, I'm suddenly reminded of these cereals that they had when I was a kid. Uh, one of them was called Booberry. Remember that? It was a blueberry cereal, but it had a ghost on the front. Booberry. And then there was Count Chocula, and it had like a chocolate vampire on the front. And Frankenberry was the other one, and it looked like Frankenstein, but it was uh, he was red, and it was full of strawberries and that kind of thing. Those cereals have made a comeback these days, but how much do they cost? Suddenly, this is a point of contention in the race for governor, and uh, with the national well situation as it is with inflation and the economy and so forth. So here is one of the latest commercials from... Governor Gretchen Whitmer seeking re-election. Everything is going up. The cost of gas, childcare, even a box of cereal costs four bucks. Look, I can't solve the inflation problem. A box of cereal is four bucks. Well, it kind of always was four bucks. But it's sort of reminiscent of when George Bush went into the grocery store and didn't know what a scanning machine was. Cereal's been always around four dollars, but granted... Groceries are more expensive now. And while you hear the governor say that, what about President Joe Biden, who uh, has a solution that isn't going to make the people in Battle Creek, Michigan, very happy? And by the way, the food prices, the main driver of food prices, is not the price of beef and eggs, etc. although they're up. It's packaged goods. Packaged goods. You're going to see people not buying Kellogg's. Uh, raisin bran, which you're going to see them buy another raisin bran, which is going to be a dollar cheaper. I mean, so what's happening is there is mm. real movement. How about that? I guess if it's Meyer brand, it might be less expensive. Maybe that's okay. I don't know. Bobby Shostak knows more about it than I do. Former chair of the Michigan Republican Party. Nice enough to join us on our AT&T line. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I don't know the last time I had a bowl of cereal. It's usually if I'm on the road in a hotel and they have it in the buffet, I'm like, wow, that's old-fashioned. I'll have a little bowl of cereal. But what about the president saying, just don't buy Kellogg? That's a solution. Yeah, I'm talking on our, our, one of our hometown favorites. So, yeah, it's unfortunate. But, you know, he's, he's grasping for words and thoughts and objectives to lay out there on why things are not the way they ought to be. So I guess I'm not surprised. Hmm. They always seem to find some kind of way to take the blame off of themselves. I'm surprised he didn't say that it's a Putin cereal problem. <laughs> Ukraine's been a good distraction, I think, for, for President Biden. No, no what doubt. do you make of this race? The amount of spending that the governor has had and the commercials and all the rest of it, just millions and millions and millions of dollars, and yet she finds herself, by most polls anyway, within the margin of error to Tudor Dixon, who's finally sort of cranked up the media machine now. What what are we seeing? What aren't we seeing in your perspective? Well, it's clearly closed in. It's not a huge surprise that it would close up, but it has closed up, you know, to within the margin of error of really over every poll that's come out in the last 10 days. Um, it's under that 3%. And uh, there's even polls that show Tudor up one. Um, so it's not a, it's not a surprise, but you know, she's made a race out of it. And I think Michiganders are, you know, talking across the table, at, you know, at dinner about the cost of groceries and gasoline and, you know, the effect on their school children, uh, as a result of schools being closed for a period of time. And, you know, and tutors come out with some strong positions. Her debates have been pretty solid. And I think she's starting to resonate. And, uh, as a result, you know, this is going to be a very close race. There's no question about it. You know, I used to think that if you're a Republican, you maybe were wishing for a self-funder to have been the nominee because 
everybody kept saying, where is Tudor's campaign back in August and September and so forth? Uh, but there are people who say that one of the reasons it's so close is that it's a woman running against a woman. What do you make of all those dynamics? I've been a believer, frankly, that it had to be, in order to take on an incumbent, it would have to be another female, another woman, in order to be competitive. But it, not just necessarily a self-funder, but someone with strong ideas, somebody that could build a, a fresh perspective, and, uh, you know, show all an alternative. And I think Tudor's done a good job, albeit she's been outspent, but communicating a different view on what she would have done if she were in office and what would be uh, like uh, what it would be like under a Tudor Dixon administration. And I think it's resonating uh, with people. You know, the, the voter, voters will speak next Tuesday, but it's consistently showing that it's closing and it's going to be very, very tight. And, and as a result, it's going to help up and down the ballot. Uh, for other Republicans, you know, giving the House and Senate a, a good chance of remaining in the majority. And she might pull an off an upset. It's certainly not decided yet, uh, but it's traditionally very hard to beat an incumbent, uh, no matter what you spend. Um, and, you know, an example was when DeVos ran against Granholm. Um, Granholm was outspent, but it wasn't enough to beat an incumbent, even as difficult as the economy was at that time. J.P. McCarthy used to say it's not the money, it's the amount. But, Bobby Shostak, <laughs> what does this teach us in future campaigns when you can be so decisively outspent and still competitive? Well, that, that's a good question. You know, I, I think what it is that's maybe made this a little bit different is what's come out of Washington has not been uh, a positive for, you know, mom and dad at home. Um, it's been it's been a tough couple of years as a result of COVID. Um, people were you know overly uh, uh, convinced that the vaccine was the savior. Um, their kids were out of school. Um, they weren't able to go back to their offices and their workplaces. And uh, it was a you know a, a, a very impactful period on America and on American families. And now that we've, we're coming out of it. They don't want to feel the past. They want to have a brighter future. But then they're hit with higher interest rates and inflation and fuel prices. You know, I heard the other day that there's parts of the country or parts of the state, rather, where they're you know relying on uh, uh, fuel for heating rather than uh, natural gas piped into their home. Is they're making a decision on filling the full tank uh, or not, so that they have enough money, you know, for groceries. That's a mm -hmm. tough position to be in, and I think that's resonating. And because of these unique times that you could spend regardless the amount of money you spend, you know, you can't change how people feel. You know, the reality is the reality. What about with a minute and a half left, Bobby Shostak, the fact that we live in a world where the Speaker of the House's husband can be attacked in his house and there are people who say, hmm, I wonder if that's staged. Is that an October surprise? What really went on there? Well, Obviously, I don't know what really went on, but that I can't imagine this was staged. This is a very unfortunate incident, a stain on our country to have something like this happen to a leader of our country's home. And uh, scary, you know, it happened in New York. That we do have people who would suspect everything now because we don't know who to trust or believe ever. Yeah, I, I hear that, but, you know, it is depressing, and we can't live, you know, these conspiracy theories is, is driving our everyday life. And, and we got to be better than that. we got to rise above it. It doesn't mean we can't challenge government and coming what's coming out of Washington or Lansing or anywhere for that matter and, and, and you know, demand better. 
but I, I, we can't live our lives thinking that everything is, you know, a facade. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just, you know, unfortunately, the way things are today, and people have to use their common sense and try to rise above it. It was George Herbert Walker Bush who said, "I want a kinder, gentler nation." We sure didn't get mm-hmm. there in the last twenty, thirty years, have we? No, we find not seem like particularly the last several years have moved ourselves forward uh, the way we should. It's unfortunate. I, I do agree. But look, I think we're looking to a brighter future. Um, we're going to come out of this certainly with the, the economic slump we're in right now with a stronger economy and growth. Let's get to those broad, sunlit uplands that Churchill talked about. Bobby Shostak, former party chair with MPS. You already know that Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan has the largest network of top doctors and hospitals in Michigan. But what you may not know is Blue Cross is making it easier than ever for you to see those top doctors, however, whenever, and wherever you need to see them. And that means you can get the care you need on your terms through office visits, telehealth, a 24-hour nurse line, mental health support, urgent care, and more, giving you the confidence in knowing that you and your family are covered no matter what. No wonder Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan is the name more people across the state have trusted for the past 83 years to help them live healthier lives. So whether it's a cough, a fever, a broken arm, or a broken spirit, Blue Cross is here for you anytime, anywhere, with access to support for both your physical and mental health even from the privacy of your own home. Blue Cross is here for it all and always will be. Learn more at hereforitall.com. Michael Patrick Shields here in like a jolly pumpkin. I'm rolling into Dusty Cellar for my October 6th for 66. Then I'll go in the wine bar and tap room. I always do that because I'm always looking for Matt Rhodes, and I have found him. Here he is. Matt, how about an update on the October 6th for 66 wine club? Thanks, Michael. This month, as a thank you to all of our loyal wine club customers and anyone who would like to join the club, we're offering 7 for 66 for the month of October. Seven bottles of wine for $66? That sounds like a good idea on my account. Better than the stock market. How does it work? Yep. Pick up a club pack of all red, white, a mix, Chardonnay or Cabernet, and then as your bonus bottle, pick from the same. Don't even with my fuzzy math, that works in my favor. So I'm going to get seven bottles for $66, the club pack, and have some dinner at the wine bar and go over to the tap room, too. I'll lift a glass to that. Cheers, Matt. Join me and join the club at Dusty Cellar on Grand River in Okemos and online at DustyCellar.com. Cheers, Michael Patrick. <laughs> 